0: net um we're we're resurrecting the now roaming podcast and uh it's been over close to two years a little over two years since the last the last episode of the pod um and we're bringing it back since we're all stuck at home hanging out during this uh this pandemic we're gonna bring it back uh every week hopefully uh we're gonna do it a little a little bit different this time Uh this time I'm gonna have a co-host and we're gonna do yeah. Hey, hey Logan. Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, how are you? Good. Stuck in Manhattan. Stuck in Manhattan. Yeah, and okay, so Logan is the perfect guest. Not only were you the first guest on now roaming, um, but uh you were kind of living in the epicenter of this global pandemic, so it's will uh, yeah. be fun to get your hopefully maybe fun's the wrong word. Uh it'll be interesting to hear updates from from what's going on in uh in New York. Day by day, week by week. What's a uh, like general sentiment like? All good, uh, Line it out. What are you what are you feeling?
1: Well, I will say that I've never known the city this empty unless it's like an obscure hour in the middle of the night. So like, unless you've been like out and about New York between the hours of like three 30 and six in the morning. And you're just like heading back to your apartment or your hotel. And you just like, you know, the city streets to be as quiet as they are. Like think about that, like 24 seven, like there's no cars in the road. Like we're just like all walking around, like, everyone's avoiding each other. Like I can walk down the middle of 57th street and no car will ever pass me. And like, you can comfortably do that. Like constantly no traffic, no hustle, no bustle. What once made this city, it's like totally being redefined. It's like kind of, it's really odd. It's that's like, I think the only way to put it.
0: Yeah. And so I'm, I live in Minneapolis now and I've actually found it odd because I've been following this like fairly closely. Uh, And like during like rush hour times, um, Minneapolis seems to be more dead, Uh, but I'm pretty close to some of like the, a lot of the really popular parks and stuff like that. And it's still super, super busy. There's still people out and about. It's fairly crowded. Um, So it's interesting to see kind of the difference between the epicenter, I guess. And I guess Minnesota has, is kind of one of the the best states that's been handling it. So it's interesting to see those stark differences. Totally. Oh um we might have to
1: cut this out but you keep popping out for me. Like your your mic went
0: out twice. Okay. You popped out once Oh, I did. We'll uh yeah we'll just we'll we'll look at the recording. We might we may have some recording issues since we're, I don't know how a thousand miles in different places. Yeah, that's, um, that's about accurate. So, yeah, I don't know how good the, the audio quality is going to be, how it, it might not be, but we'll, we'll work. Just like it. coronavirus, we're making it through, right? <laughs> we're going to get through. Um. So, like I said, like this one, this pod's going to be a little different from now roaming. Now roaming was very much just like, shooting the shit with people that I knew it was a fun experiment into the the medium of podcasting so um but mm. now we have like a little bit more of a a structure a theme if you will I mean we're not uh, roaming right we're not roaming yeah that's the whole everything will be on now roaming channels so when you tell people about this podcast and that it's back you can tell them find it at now roaming but this will be the the special series titled not roaming because we're, we can't go anywhere nope. I haven't driven in like
1: three weeks uh, there's some there's like days I don't leave my 200 square foot apartment yeah
0: <laughs> these are the, these are the times where I'm like you know not moving to New York may have been a good idea yeah exactly
1: <laughs> this has been um it's <laughs> an interesting place to call home right now that's for sure yeah but uh we put so, together some yeah, articles right like you know, we we haven't known something like this and it's just like interesting to kind of understand like perspectives and almost like i guess like while we are new to this the world isn't you know the world has experienced before and um i think we both have kind of come today with some like historical context right alec
0: yep and so, yeah, so each, like each no, week ahead. we're going to do, uh, each week we're going to do like something, some sort of, if it's a current event or like an interesting topic, interesting story, and we're each going to come with one and then we're going to talk about it. Uh, and then we'll also bring on guests and talk to them about like, what's, what's quarantine like in their neck of the woods, they're part of the world, et cetera. Um, but this isn't, it won't be a podcast all about Corona, COVID Uh, because that gets boring and there's enough of that in the world. So hopefully this will be something that uh, is, is fun is maybe, maybe informative, maybe just an escape from the constant news of Corona, this COVID that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think there's always an opportunity
1: in this weird, place we find ourselves as to what are the opportunities you know like both personally professionally in our industries and like looking towards like the light and like the cool change that it's forcing us to adapt and like focusing on the future and the now um, and the cool things that are happening in the light of all this darkness to be super metaphorical (laughs)
0: right there's a, a, a saying in politics that's uh, goes never, never let a good crisis go to waste. So, hey. um, I would this can, this can be considered a crisis. So, find it. Carpe diem. Carpe, carpe, diem. Oh, captain, my captain. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So today we're gonna do a little like historical context, not necessarily context, but uh history of like sickness and in plague which sounds dark when i'm saying it like that but it's uh i don't know i think it's going to be interesting so um this is kind of going to be the the format this is going to be a really kind of a a rough draft that's going to go out as episode one your taster Um, menu a little taster well appetizer (laughs) um exactly Um, so look do you want to go first
1: yeah sure okay so i this week found this really cool article that was put out by national geographic and it talked about the history of, okay, so, you know, um, Alec, like back in the day or like, it's super popular, like in certain events and, um, mostly in Italy where people would wear these like full head to toe, like black outfits, but then they'd wear these masks with like a beak attached. Do
0: you know I, what i talking about? I, I do. I all, I saw another article That was talking about this, so I know what you're talking about. Um, we'll put a picture of one of these beaked people on the now roaming Instagram. Perfect. So the the
1: beaked people were actually (laughs) they were actually doctors. So like like back in the day when the plague like hit the world. Um, the symptoms were like swollen, l- swollen lymph nodes, like blackened skin, like various other like super gruesome symptoms. And this outfit of these individuals, like these doctors, um, began due to a misconception of how the de- disease operates. And I think we can like totally resonate with like in today's modern world, like so many things have started based off of like a mis I, like a misinformation or. Um, bad reporting and so um this is just like the result of just something that like wasn't fully understood and it became like super trendy and the like go-to um so the outfit like can originally be traced back to a man named okay sorry for everyone i think like, i'm not gonna get names <laughs> right present um let's we'll just say charles and Okay, his last name is Charles de Lorme, I believe, if I can read my handwriting right, and he was a, vis- a like a physician to the royals, if you will, and his pa- his patient roster was King Louis the Thirteenth and Gaston de Orleans, um, and the outfit that he like kind of constructed was this coat that was covered in a scented wax. Um, pants that were connected to his boots, a tucked-in shirt, hat and gloves that were made out of goat leather, and a rod to poke and fend off victims, which I (laughs) thought was hilarious. And then, of course, the infamous mask. So the mask itself had a nose that was about six inches long. It was shaped like a beak, and it was filled with perfume, and it had two holes which were near the nostrils. So... It's a very popular outfit across Europe during the plague for doctors, and it like quickly became iconic, especially in Italy. And but if you notice, like both on the coat, there was a scented wax, a scented wax, and then in the mask, there's like all this perfume. And like the question's like, what's with all the scents? And prior to germ theory, so we have to like put into context, like they don't understand how like sicknesses are like being spread. Right. So in this time, um, the doctors believed the disease and others were contracted by miasma. And miasma translates to bad air, aka like an unpleasant smell. <laughs> so their thought process behind all of this, like why you were getting the plague, was that you simply smelt a bad smell and like a quick inhale could like cause you to fall ill. So the bad sense would be put So the bad sense would then place an imbalance on your bodily fluids. And then like you would get sick. So the perfume and the scented wax like acted as like a first line of defense. If you didn't smell a bad smell, then you weren't going to get sick. Like that's literally all this mask was doing
0: so was just crazy.
1: providing like like a good, like, I mean, now we would just like wanted, like, I don't think any of the masks that anyone's using today are like scented, but no. like, it's hilarious because we're so far beyond that. But this well, idea that like, masks. we are still using masks because of like sneeze projections, but it's so wild because literally you're like, well, if I could just smell vanilla all day, I'll never be ill. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's It's such a
1: peaceful way of thinking so my article was like focused around this and like the birth of that and like just like the thought process behind like how things are spread and just like with any like big um, pandemic like we don't know originally how things are being spread so like everything's on the table so this was their first like reaction and then it kind of like totally took hold in Europe and became now a popular Costume for carnival in
0: Italy these do days. Know, do you know when, like, time period when this started, did it say? Mm, I do know this. Hold on. Checking my notes.
1: I think I want to say 17th century. Okay. Let me see. Yeah, 17th century. Okay. That's So... 1600s
0: right yeah Um, so but yeah super fascinating so on the on the same line of not understanding disease and how things are spread and things like that uh i started looking at what was one of the first plagues ever recorded interesting and so go back to the second century uh, <laughs> oh, way back when? <laughs> way back when. Um, so uh, 165 AD. Dang. Super early. And uh, there was the Antonine Plague. Okay. And the Antonine Plague ran through Europe, but Europe at the time was, for the most part, uh, the Roman Empire. <laughs> And this this disease hit the Roman Empire super super hard, and so and they thought one of the uh, the legends of how uh, this disease was uh, created is that uh, Lucius Verus, who was uh, a co-emperor of the Roman Empire with Marcus Aurelius when he was in battle that he opened a tomb during the sacking of a city and that because he opened the tomb the disease was released uh the tale Are you suggests that this
1: is like the original
0: pandora's box <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe i don't know uh but the tale suggests that the epidemic was a punishment as the Romans violated an oath to the gods to not pillage Dang. the city, and so they believe that uh, because they angered the gods, the gods bestowed this deathly plague on on society. And so hmm. I went I went pretty deep on this in the last couple of days. So. Um, the in like retrospect, looking at the disease in some of the like journals of people who lived back then, they think it was actually a smallpox or a measles outbreak. It lasted for fifteen years. Oh my! So it started in roughly I've read um, one sixty four, one sixty five, and one sixty six, and lasted until about one eighty. Uh, that's AD. Uh, And then reportedly made a return in 189 A.D. Oh, no. And so, and there's estimated deaths of more than 2,000 a day and that it uh, killed, uh, but somewhere between five and upwards of 10% of the population. Wow. Insanity. Crazy. But I think it's, it's interesting. So they think about like, the the environment or the you know the culture in which the Roman Empire was of like bathhouses and aqueducts and like any any sort of city back then like there's no plumbing there's no not there was no there's no shelter in place order right like it just ran ran through the city um and so it was, it was the city that they think it was, um, where the, where Lucis Verus opened the tomb was Mm -hmm. everything I read was the near East, which, you know, who really knows where that is. I don't, I'm not, I'm not an ancient geographer, if that's a real word. (laughs) Uh, That's a new career goal of mine. (laughs) And so the interesting thing is that a lot of people think that this plague was the first domino in ending the Roman Empire.
1: Oh. But the Roman
0: Empire didn't fall for another 400 years, 350, oh. 400 years. And so uh, it started in the military. They were ransacking cities and things like that. And so it affected the military the worst. And as they came back from the near east to italy the disease started to spread and started to kill uh military people or warriors and at this time like the roman empire was the roman army was the end all be all it was the envy of the world right they were constantly wars on every edge of the roman empire and now all of these roman soldiers are dying because of this because of this plague because of They're soldiers, they live on top of each other, etc. And so. So
1: one rogue soldier is like, hey, Tommy, let's go check out this cave. (laughs) And then mass hysteria
0: comes by. And yeah. (laughs) They disrupted the gods, and there it is. And they just single handedly destroyed the Roman Empire. Um, That's not true, but that's fun hyperbole. Uh, (laughs) But okay, so. As more and more of the Roman army started to die, they couldn't just like train new soldiers. so they started using slaves and training uh, gladiators and anybody who they could get their hands on to send to the to the borders to protect the Roman Empire. And so it even got so bad that they ended up uh, bringing in barbarian tribes to fight on behalf of the roman empire and it's one line of thinking is that over the course that set a precedent that over the course of the next 300 years more and more of these barbarian tribes were fighting wars for the romans and then they flipped and instead of fighting for the romans they tore down the roman army from the inside Sleeper. Fascinating. <laughs> and then so fascinating. So I mean it just it's crazy how all this stuff kind of links together, right? So uh there was gladiators were getting sent to uh sent to war. So there was less entertainment because gladiators were the entertainment for the people in Rome and other cities. And so like people were unhappy because there wasn't entertainment because the gladiators had to go fight the wars. so people are getting
1: pissed because there's nothing to watch on their version of television right exactly
0: (laughs) uh and then dang it let's see so ironically enough the guy the co-emperor who was attributed to opening the tomb that brought about this plague lucius verus uh died of the disease uh two years later or four years later sorry four years later uh and then as the armies got depleted um germanic tribes crossed the rhine river for the first time in more than 200 years which is like that just seems insane uh that was an interesting got an alert on their phones like it's safe safe (laughs) they are weak um like Marcus Aurelius the emperor at the time was selling artifacts and paintings and sculptures from the palaces to try and get more money into the government because so many people had died that they were losing out on tax money from their citizens. Oh wow. And like this is I mean it just goes it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper uh, and it kind of sounds dark and there's things of some of it's very reminiscent to kind of current things because Rome or the Roman empire was such an advanced society of like these intricate roadways and the way they governed and taxes and all these things that are like still things that we think about um, because we all have to pay taxes. So there's lines of it that are interesting. Um, Another interesting point that I didn't quite get to on reading about, but this is a time period when uh, Christianity actually like saw a spike in popularity because people were looking for new gods to worship because presumably the old gods were mad at them. And that's why they bestowed this plague upon them. Uh, and Christianity was all about like, you die, there's a safe place for you in heaven, um, helping your neighbor not fleeing, not hide types of things. So, it gained popularity and there's only one god versus multiple and so
1: right because now you have like going to like a monotheistic religion versus like polytheistic i think those are the right terms but like now they only have to worry about pleasing one god versus like all these other gods probably like easier on the psyche
0: <laughs> you just cut out for a second so i don't know what you said
1: oh, <laughs> dang it
0: Can you yep. hear me
1: good Oh, I was just saying, <laughs> I was just saying that it was probably easier on them too, because it was like going from like a polytheistic culture to a monotheistic, like this idea of worshiping this like one God versus like making all these gods happy. They only had to worry about like pleasing one God, exactly. which is like, there must've been like some like idea of like, this will be easier on us. Like one God to rule them all. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Type of yeah. And so like a lot of the stuff I read was essentially that like this, this plague led to the, like, essentially started to eat away at the mindset and the, um the pride that came with being a Roman or a Roman soldier or part of the Roman empire living in Rome, because everything kind of got diluted. It was we're selling our famous paintings and sculptures. We're, are, we are losing wars and battles because our, our army has been depleted. So it sort of people started to lose faith in the system of the Roman Empire, right? And then over the course of three hundred years, that right. led to, led to the collapse of the Roman Empire. Um, in those couple hundred years, there was other plagues and other bad things that happened, but this was kind of that first. First domino. Um, the uh, just kind of wrap up. Um, the other co-emperor was Marcus Aurelius. Uh, he also died of of this disease of the, the, of the Antonine plague. Uh, he died in one eighty CE. So he was he was the emperor through this whole insane thing. Um, the reports on how many people died are kind of all over the place. I've read anywhere from like five to 10 to upwards of 50 million people. Um, wow. I mean, it was like 2000 years ago. So the reporting is understandably there couldn't
1: have been that many people. I'm like, like, I wonder how many, like what the global population even was. Yeah. I
0: want the, I want the, uh, I like, want the one seventy CE, um, Census data. Should we just pull that out of the stone yeah. books, please? It's got to be somewhere, right? <laughs> Somebody has to have um, Yeah, okay. So, and then, so Marcus Aurelius is well known for being the Emperor of Rome. He's also probably the most famous Stoic philosopher. Um, that's how I've kind of stumbled upon Marcus Aurelius. Uh, and so, thought all of this like doom and gloom of like the downfall of the Roman empire. um, We can kind of put a a positive spin on it as like a lot of doom and gloom is surrounding the current situation of COVID pandemic economy, shutdown, scary times, et cetera. Um, But I think for Mm -hmm. like, for me, looking back at historical events, um, whether it was, 2000 years ago or like a hundred years ago with the Spanish flu, whatever, things like this, that there seems to be some sort of cadence and these things happen over and over again. So even though like they're new to us, they're not necessarily new to humanity. It's almost as if these types of things are part of the human condition and it's comforting to see that, okay, this has happened before. And while it's of course different because we have, cell phones and tracking and medical technology. And we know what viruses and germs actually are. We don't think this was bestowed upon us for making one of many gods angry. Uh, It's still, there's a pattern of recovery and building and moving through it in a positive way. And so that's something to look to, to be like, okay, these things have been happening literally since the beginning of time. And humanity's still here. We've made it this far. (laughs) Like everything is much better in the world than it was in 170 CE. This isn't going to last for 15 years. You know, maybe it lasts for 15 weeks, but it's not going to last for 15 years. And so there's there's comfort in in looking at the past and uh, taking a stoic view of the world in. Seemingly unprecedented times,
1: right? And I mean, it forces us to do like new things during these times that we may not normally, yeah, have like done. starting
0: podcasts and stuff, like
1: starting podcasts or a sourdough loaf that I made yesterday,
0: yeah. Um, one of the um stoic philosophers that I follow now, he's more of like a modern. Philosopher, writer, uh, Ryan Holiday has been talking about um, alive time versus dead time. Like while we're at, all at home, while you're all mm. stuck inside, not doing a whole lot, not able to go do your favorite things, go to your favorite restaurants, whatever, it can be dead time where you're just like kind of sitting and waiting and plotting for the next time you can go get brunch. Um, or you can use it as a lifetime to learn something new to do that one thing you said you would do if you had more time, et cetera, et cetera. And then hopefully in a year from now or two years from now, you can look back and say like, Oh man, like that was actually, it kind of sucked, but it was nice that I, it was a nice like pause on life where I got things organized and I became more disciplined and I learned this new thing and I have a new hobby, like do something where, you can look back and be like, man, remember when I just wasted that three months where I was stuck in my house? That was cool. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so Alec, how are you bringing life to your dead time? Uh, I've been reading. Have you done anything uh, cool this week? This week? I mean, I feel like reading about the plague was kind of cool. That was fun. Um, that is- I've been... Yeah, I've been trying to read more. So I always... I have like books that I haven't read that just sit on my shelves. Um, that's been my big thing is like Look trying to educate myself and be more, be more smarter. Um, uh, but then like other, like kind of taking on more, more work stuff. Like we're rebuilding our, our website for work and like that kind of stuff. So just, I don't know, just trying to like do do more. I started watching. This is a tangent, but uh, a new documentary. Just like good stuff, not just like watching The Office for the seven thousandth time. Um, those are the type okay. of things I'm doing, and it doesn't help. I would like to at least go outside a little bit more, but it's literally been snowing all week in Minnesota. So mm. <laughs> it's just like part of me is like, you know what? Stuck inside I'm not so bad when it's snowing in April. <sighs> no. Uh well, what about you? You're baking bread.
1: Yeah, I made a sourdough loaf. It was pretty good. I'm not sure what Paul Hollywood has said. Paul Hollywood would have said on Great British Bake Off, but honestly, he probably would have criticized that it was too tight and should probably have been proved <laughs> longer. But it did bounce back and I'm okay, really proud of it. But so I made that. I've been just like tapping into other stuff more. I'm trying to do less media when I'm not at work because like all day I'm like on the computer doing like like I'm gross and yeah. just all this stuff. And so I'm like at night I'm trying like to do a little bit of less TV or whatever because I Horribly saw that my screen time a couple weeks ago was almost like thirteen That's hours wild. in one day, just on your phone. On my phone, that yeah, like my phone was like, congrats, like you're you're down twenty minutes. I'm like, from what? And like That's thirteen crazy. hours,
0: and I was like, I shut oh. off. I was like, I'm um, excuse I me. I shut off the screen time on my phone because. I realize that like I look at my phone and be like, "Oh, screen time limit," and I like shut it. I put it down, and then I look at my computer, and then I just be working on my computer. So it's like, it's not really the screen time thing. It's more just like less social media for me because, like, I'm sitting here like I, my laptop's closed, but I'm recording on my phone, looking at notes on my iPad. Like, there's. Screens are just part of everyday life now. And so it's just more of everyday. Uh what am I looking at on those screens versus looking at screens is what I've been kind of Fair. thinking about. And Instagram isn't even that interesting no, anymore. That means everyone's at home doing the same thing.
1: Seriously, there's a lot less to report on. But I think I don't know, like there's definitely I think there's just like been new opportunities to be creative with things that we just like have recently, like we've all known, like, you know, this, but I've been like drawing a ton more which yeah. has been, like so fun and like connecting with people that I've never met before and like bringing some of their photos to life, which has been like super cool. And like, just like meeting people and like expanding my circles from like inside my apartment and, um, that's been like a really fun time and it's been like far more successful than i ever had hoped it would be so i'm just like having a blast like meeting all these people and like hearing their stories and then like um drawing like and bringing life to a photo that like means a lot to them which has been like a total blast and each one is like so different and so different in terms of collaboration style and like people's wishes and what they're looking for and so I've had a total blast doing that and then I'm anxious to jump into my next book um, The Adventures nice. of Sherlock Holmes because I'm trying to start reading some of the old classics um, and refamiliarize myself because I read them a while ago but although I've never read this series or the, I've never read The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes so um, anybody who knows me knows that I tried to attempt reading this book back when I was in Costa Rica in January and I still have not
0: finished it nor like really opened it. So there you go. I just read, um, this podcast might be telling my personality, but I just read a book called the Paris architect, um, which is it's, um, it's based in 1942 in Paris when Paris was under German occupation during world war II, Uh, and, um, it's about an architect who works with a, very rich man to design hiding places for Jews in existing buildings. So, you know, just reading a whole bunch of like light uplifting things while I'm I'm at home. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you are. You're keeping it really light. Plague, uh, (laughs) German (laughs) occupation. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) I think it's been like yeah it's been like a cool time to like I feel like I'm I made a joke the other day that I'm busier in quarantine than I was in my real life because I have all these digital happy hours or game nights like I have one group of friends and I we've been really creative with our game nights so last night I hosted um (laughs) trip down memory lane jeopardy for a close group of my Um, best friends from college and we like had different categories based off experiences we went through together. And like, I just like recall different memories and I like made the questions harder and harder, like as the dollar amount grew, but like the week before a different group, a different, um, a different uh, uh, friends from that same group, they hosted and they did like a digital version of categories, which was like so fun. And you can totally do that. Without the game board and just like build out your own and host it over a FaceTime, so we did that. So next week, one of our friends is hosting and um, bring something new to the table. So that'll be totally fun. So it's just been like fun to be like creative and new and just try to try some different things with people and like reconnect, you know? Because it's been a while since a whole bunch of us have been able to hang out. So now we have like a weekly game night on Mondays, That's which awesome. I absolutely yeah. Love. It's interesting, right?
0: Like all of this. Yeah, I don't um... know it it may just be like a retraining of the new normal, you know? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. I think it's just like,
1: I don't think we're going to snap back to where we were. I think like moving forward, people are going to be like, this is us to be like a lot more intentional with certain things and just be mindful about certain things. And I think so many of us who um, are put in places where we're like, either have lost our job or we've, um, been furloughed and so people are kind of like recalibrating like what's important to them if that's like their situation or if they're continuing to keep their job like they're like grateful for the work that they're doing and then being able to like move forward and um take it day by day you know i think we're all starting to like hit some new as the longer this goes on like more and more companies feel stressed from it and so i think it's we're all going to start hearing more conversations about what's happening in the future and i think it'll be really telling kind of like how we all kind of shift and like what new
0: roles or jobs might come from this based off of how companies yeah, have to think innovate. For me, I hope intention and like self-accountability are two things that people gain. So like, I'm trying to be more, more intentional, Agreed. more, um, more disciplined and yeah. And just in everything, right? Like it, I was talking to my brother earlier this week uh, and we were like, if a year from now someone says, you know, if you were if you were to go outside, there is a one in one million chance that you got COVID-19. And then there was a one in one million chance that you died from COVID-19. And then in that same time period, uh, there was a one and one hundred thousand chance that you would get in a car accident every time you drove. Like I think like some of these numbers and statistics that might come out might put things into perspective for people, things like that. where like, everyone's really afraid of, yeah. of, of COVID right now. Um, and when those, some of those numbers start to actually be ground in fact, and things that we can actually rely upon, are people going to look at the things that they did in everyday life before this as like, Oh, that was, that was dangerous. Or, you know, like, I didn't need to do this three times a week when I could have just done it once and it would have been fine. You know, things like that. I think it'll be interesting to see.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Priorities are shifting. Um,
0: but yeah, I think priorities, yeah. industries, all that type of stuff is going to rapidly change. Um, some of it might not. Some of it will change and maybe not rapidly, but it'll be a, a long change. Um, some of it will be an accelerated change. Things that were already starting to happen, um, that this is this has accelerated the death of the death of some industries or the innovation in others. So hopefully, hopefully, those are all things that we're going to talk about moving forward when we do more of these. But
1: yeah, bringing people on to talk about their industry, what they're seeing right now. what opportunities are coming from them like from the industry right now and like what's like like having fun and talking about projections and um i think next week we hope to bring somebody on and start the conversation with different groups of um to just you know look to the future and like be a part of like the change and seeing what we can already start to the shifts that we already see happening and all the things that are going to come from it so i think it's going to be a really cool way for us to kind of stop pause analyze and in a way this podcast can be um like a conduit for like not being reactive but like being proactive and hopefully help you think about like things that are happening in your industry or what things you're seeing and how you you might be able to bring change moving forward and how you can think differently. And It's
0: going to give me a reason to like actually focus on something every week instead of just like mindlessly rummaging about the internet, reading random things. I'll actually like pick something and focus on it. So I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Um, I think this is a pretty, I think this is a pretty decent first episode. Yeah, I would say so.
1: Hopefully everyone likes it. And I'm excited to like learn about different industries. You know, like I haven't had to like, I don't have to think about certain areas because it's just like not my educational background and like things that I was like necessarily called to like be a part of. So like there's just different ways that people think that I think are going to be like... Yeah, agreed. So uh,
0: I guess we'll kind of call it the first episode right there. Number one. This is number one. Welcome to the training. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So everybody, if you want to share this with people, uh, it's now roaming on, hopefully this is going to be everywhere. Um, Spotify, uh, CastBox, Anchor, Apple, all the podcast places. So um, Google Play Store, all that kind of stuff. So um, if you like it, you want to share it with people, please do. Be awesome. Um, If you want to, yeah what and it's on oh <laughs> no god yes exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> we're gonna get better um, at this i promise <laughs> uh, the
0: instagram is i think it's just at now roaming let me double check um because that'd be bad to give everyone the wrong instagram handle um and then if you have the anchor app if that's how you listen to podcasts which i can't imagine many people do um you can actually just uh, like you can leave like voice notes and you can call into the show. So do you want to do that? That's dope. We'll listen to them. Maybe we'll play them on air. Um,
1: yeah. Maybe we'll do like a mini episode with some like responses and then we can like, we can like just respond to some people and do like a, a smaller version of what we normally do and have a few featured guests. Yeah, And then if you're
0: the someone reactions. like, if you want to be on the show, if you want to hear us, attempt to research something that you're interested in but don't quite know about um just dm us on the gram if you want to be on the show Yeah, let us know what you you have an interesting job or an interesting perspective let us know we're open dm us so yes, we are cool it, well, episode number
1: one i think that's it
0: well, this bedroom, this awkward Minnesota goodbye. Um, Absolutely, <laughs> goodbye.
1: Cool. Uh, yeah. All right, ya, thanks for listening, everybody.